Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get podcasts. From WNYC Studios, I'm Brian Lehrer. This is my Daily Politics Podcast. It's Tuesday, January 10th. Congressman Richie Torres from the Bronx is our first guest today as he begins his second term in Congress. You'll remember he was elected in 2020 as the first openly gay Afro-Latino member in U.S. history. A little like how George Santos just became the first openly gay Republican Latino in the House, except for the small detail that Richie Torres' life story was true. We'll talk about that, about something that's usually boring, but today is really interesting, the rules package that the House votes for itself at the beginning of every session. I don't think we've ever done a rules uh, package segment before, but in this case, it's about how much the skin of his teeth speaker Kevin McCarthy allowed rules changes to win enough speaker votes and how that might affect policy and affect us all. And more than that, too. Congressman Torres, always good to have you on. Welcome back to WNYC. Always a pleasure to be here. I know you've been speaking out against your new colleague from Queens and Nassau County. Have you met him yet? I actually met him uh, back in 2020. Um, he, so when I was attending the freshman orientation, uh, he attended it as well, even though the results of his race were not known. Uh, and he briefly introduced himself to me and pointed out that he was gay. And, you know, I thought it was an awkward interaction. So that's been the extent of my encounter with him. But I have not spoken to him since. And I'm so appalled by what he's done that I would not even shake his hand. And I see you've proposed something called the Santos Bill and have now requested a House ethics investigation. What's in the bill and what would the investigation involve? I find it outrageous that a fundamentally fraudulent candidate like George Santos can flagrantly lie to voters about his qualifications without facing legal repercussions. And so that inspired me to introduce the Santos Act. Santos stands for Stop Another Non-Truthful Office Seeker. And the Santos Act would require federal candidates to disclose in writing, under oath, under the penalty of perjury, their employment, educational, and military history so that candidates who do lie can finally be punished. Disclosure would enable voters to compare what a candidate has said under oath versus what a candidate claims on the campaign trail. It would enable the detection of lies and the punishing of candidates who tell those lies. And as you noted, I'm partnering with uh, Congressman Goldman, Dan Goldman, uh, to file an ethics complaint against George Santos um, you know, even more disturbing than his pathological lying is his possible lawbreaking. As late as 2020, Mr. Santos reported a salary of $55,000 a year. He then subsequently supported, uh, reported earning somewhere between $3.5 and $11.5 million, which is an astronomical growth in his personal wealth that he has never fully explained. And he lent his own campaign more than $700,000 and claims the money comes from the DeVolder organization, which is shrouded in secrecy. It has no LinkedIn page. It has no public website. Uh, and there's reason to think that it might be a pass-through 
for an illegal campaign contribution. So he claims that he earned millions of dollars from clients, but he never disclosed the names of those clients on his congressional financial disclosure as required by federal law. And so we're calling on the Ethics Committee to investigate him for likely falsifying his congressional disclosure. Do you want him expelled? He did get elected and other polls have lied about their backgrounds before. You know, some of the conservative media have been pointing out that Joe Biden, when he was running for president in the 80s, seemed to exaggerate the number of degrees that he earned and whether he got a full scholarship to law school and he plagiarized and got caught. Uh, what What's the standard and what's the punishment? Look, it's one thing to lie, which is wrong. It is something else to fabricate your whole political existence. I mean, George Santos lied about every aspect of his life. He lied about his family heritage, his educational background, his employment background, his business dealings, his philanthropic endeavors. Um, you know, he essentially pretended to be a gay, Afro-Latino, Ukrainian, Belgian, Brazilian, Jewish, Catholic, brain cancer survivor, <laughs> Yeah. Whose, whose ancestors survived the Holocaust, whose employees died in the Pulse mass shooting, whose mother died twice, including on 9-11, and who magically became a multimillionaire overnight. The, the breadth and depth of his deception is unprecedented. There's nothing remotely comparable in the recent history of congressional politics. So I see his case quite differently from the usual line that you see in politics. There's a New York Times headline about Santos, and I was laughing a minute ago at some of the litany there. It's funny, not funny, right? And this headline is as funny as it is sad. The headline is Brazilian authorities will revive fraud case against George, George Santos. And it says a 2008 court case has been suspended, had been suspended, because Brazilian law enforcement officials could not find Mr. Santos, unquote, from the time. So here's a guy avoiding criminal charges because they can't find him. And what does he do? He makes himself a public figure by running for Congress. Can you get much more brazen or just more weird than that? And even before assuming office, he's become the target of law enforcement investigations at every level, the local and state level and the national and international level. So I, I predict that he will be gone either by the end of his term or well before then. If he does resign, um, what what happens? Congress would have a House majority of Republicans anyway by a few seats. But do you happen to know this might be out of your jurisdiction? But would Governor Hochul have to then call a special election earlier than two years from now, this is if he does resign. What happens? There would have to be a special election. Um, uh, a member of the House, you know, where, whereas a senator can be appointed, a member of the House has to be elected. So there would have to be a special election. By the way, some listeners on Twitter want you to repeat that acronym for the Santos Act. They're finding it amusing. Uh, Santos, stop another non-truthful office seeker. Um, before we get off George Santos, is there even going to be an effective House Ethics Committee under the Republicans? Let me read to our listeners from a new Washington Post article. They may know, not know this story yet. It says the House on Monday passed a rules package that included changes 
to how ethics-related complaints about members of Congress are handled. According to a summary of the GOP's proposed rules changes released last week, the package imposes term limits of eight years for the eight board members of the Office of Congressional Ethics, an independent body established in 2008 that investigates complaints about sitting members of Congress. Any board members who have exceeded those term limits would be removed. So that, that's a lot of bureaucraties, Congressman. What matters there to you, if anything? And I'm sure we'll get into the rules package, but the the Republicans have have passed rules that essentially defund the Office of Congressional Ethics, uh, which is different from the Ethics Committee, right? Um, uh, so the Ethics Committee will continue to be in place, and it's it's one of the few committees, maybe the only committee that's evenly bipartisan, no matter which party is in charge, no matter who's the speaker. Um, so there's no question that the Republicans have passed rules that have eviscerated ethics enforcement, but the committee remains in place. Um, and Congressman Goldman and I are personally filing the complaint to ensure that it's a priority for the committee. Yeah, and I guess I conflated the two there, the House Ethics Committee and this um, independent body, right? Yeah. Now, there's obviously a connection because the House Ethics Committee relies on the Office of Congressional Ethics, but but the authority to investigate remains and the bipartisan control of the committee remains. And a sarcastic listener tweets, there is a better chance that George Santos will become chairman of the Ethics Committee than the Santos Act ever seeing the light of day in the Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates-led House. That's fair, right? You have a talking point, not something you can pass. Not sure, actually. I'm not sure if I agree with that, actually. I mean, the, the, what, what possible argument could one make against requiring candidates to tell the truth to voters. Um, There is a strong case to be made that candidates should be expected to identify their qualifications, their employment, their education, and military history under oath. Both Democrats and Republicans should be bound by those requirements. So um, I'm not so sure that it's dead on arrival, to be honest with you. Let's see. Peter in Brooklyn wants to bring up another Democrat. I mentioned Biden with lying in their background who got elected recently. Peter in Brooklyn, you're on WNYC with Congressman Richie Torres. Hello. Hi, Richie Torres. Um, Do you have any opinion on Julia Salazar also claiming that she has a Jewish background? Um, She was once a conservative Christian who I think was pro-life in college. She also had a criminal background, something with Keith Hernandez's wife and trying to steal money from her bank account. There's actual audio recordings of her trying to like pretend like you're uh, anyway you can do the research i just saw a lot of parallels between the two of them peter thank you new york state senator julia salazar you're familiar with her case only vaguely but there's a difference between you know one sense look there's a difference between one sense of one's own identity versus falsely claiming that you had ancestors who survived the holocaust or falsely claiming that your mother died on 9-11 or falsely claiming that you had employees who died in the Pulse Massacre. Um, I feel like those lies are qualitatively different from one subjective definition of one's identity. Tom and Scotch Plains, you're on WNYC. Hi, Tom. Hi. Um, my question was, uh, could George Santos 
possibly say uh, or, or threaten Speaker McCarthy with uh, calling for a vote to oust the Speaker if he uh, is ever referred to an ethics ethics committee for investigation. Well, there's a hypothetical. Uh, yes. I mean, notice the Republicans were conspicuously silent, or Republican leadership was conspicuously silent about the fraudulence of George Santos. Uh, Elise Stefanik, who is the chair of the Republican conference, not only endorsed but raised $100,000 for George Santos. And she said nothing about the lies that have come to light, about the frauds that have come to light. Kevin McCarthy said nothing because he depended on George Santos to win the speaker's gavel. Notice on the 14th round, Kevin McCarthy only lost by one vote. So there's a sense in which the vote of George Santos was decisive. You know, to the to the a caller's question, uh, Kevin McCarthy agreed to a rule that would enable one member to file what is known as a motion to vacate, to set in motion a no confidence vote against the speaker, uh, which will make the House so dysfunctional as to be ungovernable. Uh, Kevin McCarthy has passed a rule that makes him arbitrarily removable at any moment, at the whim of any member, no matter how petty or personal the reasons. So it empowers the extremes like Matt Gates and Lauren Bobart and even George Santos. Um, George Santos could file a motion to vacate Kevin McCarthy as speaker. And that, of course, is the big rule getting attention from the new rules package that any single member can call for a new vote for speaker at any time. Um, but let me drill down a little bit on that. Why is that such a bad thing? I believe that was the case at times in the past. Good government groups are often railing against the leaders of legislative bodies having too much power as individuals, whereas the majority of the majority gets marginalized. So what, why should the speaker have so much power an individual as an individual that he shouldn't be accountable to a majority of the House at any time if somebody wants to call for a no-confidence vote or a removal vote? You cannot govern as speaker if you live in constant fear of your own removal. If anyone at any time for any reason can propose your removal and force a no confidence vote. You might recall that John Boehner's speakership collapsed under the same rule, under a one member uh, no confidence vote, file motion, a motion to file, uh, file a motion to vacate. Um, so history suggests that it would create a dysfunctional house where the inmates are running the asylum. Uh, and we saw the dysfunction around the the House, the Speaker vote. The Speaker vote has shown House Republicans to be embarrassingly dysfunctional. And I'm concerned that the new rules package will perpetuate the same disunity, dysfunction, and division that unfolded on the House floor last week. Doug in the Bronx. You're on WNYC with Congressman Richie Torres from the Bronx. Hi, Doug. Oh, hi. Yeah, um, you know, Ultimately, I'll get to my point in a second, but ultimately, the, it's the voters who are always at fault. Why? I mean, this goes for the previous occupant of the White House. Why did he win the election? Why did this guy win the election over uh, Mrs. Zimmerman? But my point is, um, 
my question is, I mean, can Brazil uh, extradite, or can we send him to Brazil? I, I assume huh. that Brazil has a warrant for his arrest for, I think it's uh, check fraud. I think he stole a, uh, uh, someone else's checkbook and used it in Brazil uh, some time ago. Uh, so are they seeking him? Or is Brazil, can we extradite him to Brazil if they have a warrant for him? That's a good question, Congressman. Do you do you know? It might be an interesting time for George Santos to go to Brazil. He was at the the uh, January sixth rally for Trump. Maybe he'll storm the Brazilian capital with those guys. Uh, as far as I know, there's no precedent for extraditing a member of Congress to a foreign country, um, and I suspect Congress, as an institution, would have separation of powers concerns about extraditing one of its own members. So. Um, I would take the view that George Santos should be held accountable within the American system of law enforcement. Well, if he's charged with a crime in Brazil, I don't know exactly how this works, but it wouldn't be on Congress, would it? Wouldn't it be on law enforcement uh, between the two countries to agree on an extradition? I'm sure we have an extradition treaty with Brazil where law enforcement would arrest him and send him to Brazil if that's what Brazil asked for. Uh, ultimately, the decision would rest with the Justice Department, but but it would implicate concerns about separation of powers. So there would be an institutional concern on the part of Congress. Um, I do want to move on from George Santos, but just lastly on this, um, what exactly are the next steps of the process after the ethics complaint is filed? What can we expect? A an investigation, and then once an investigation is complete, um, the Ethics Committee will have to determine whether the allegations have merit. And if it has merit, it has to determine what's the appropriate penalty. Uh, it could be a fine or it could be expulsion, recommendation for expulsion. And would that all be public or how long would it take? There was a story recently about an Ethics Committee investigation of Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but without saying what it's over. Uh, so how opaque is that process? Uh, the, the conduct of the investigation itself is opaque, um, but once, it, it, if there's merit to the allegation, then the findings, as I understand it, would ultimately be released to the public, and the penalty would be publicly known. But the investigation itself is conducted confidentially, which is often the case with investigations. Anything else you want to say before you go? There are so many things to keep our eyes on at once when a new session of Congress starts. Anything else top of mind you want to just make sure to have our listeners hear you say? Look, my, my concern is that the new House Republican majority can be so dangerously dysfunctional that it will raise the risk of a government shutdown. It will raise the risk of a debt default, which could derail the full faith and credit of the United States and with it, the American economy. So we, we cannot take lightly the dysfunction and, and division that will come from a House Republican majority. Congressman Richie Torres from the Bronx, we always appreciate when you come on. Thank you so much for answering so many questions for me and so many listeners from the Bronx and elsewhere. Thanks a lot. Take care. Brian Lehrer, A Daily Politics Podcast, is an excerpt from my live daily radio show, The Brian Lehrer Show, on WNYC Radio, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time, if you want to listen live at WNYC.org. Thanks for listening today. Talk to you next time.